0: I'm Brian. And
1: I'm, we're the Hovezes.
0: I'm the husband. She's the doctor.
1: He's the real doctor. I'm the fake fake tooth doctor. Um, we just wanted to come on because we uh why why did we come on? I don't know. Uh,
0: How are you doing? What's going uh, on? What's up with you? what's up with you?
1: Hold I wanna make well hold on. Before I answer that <laughs> I <laughs> not I'm, I'm sweating. Squirrel if you if you listen to the podcast... Oh, did you know that there's a podcast, by the way? Like, Michael and I have recorded for three years now. The entire startup process. Um, so I think it's... And that is, that's where the making of this group came from. It's based off of a, a podcast. So just throwing it out there. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Our baby is... Um, Hold on. In case you missed it the first time, um, we have we have some electronics for our young ones so that we can talk to you guys for happy hour for a little bit. Um, I'm trying to see if there's comments. Can you guys tell me if, if you can hear us okay?
0: Why are we using Zoom? Why wouldn't you just go live? Are you bringing people in?
1: No, because I couldn't find the go live button from my laptop, and I didn't want to hold up my... My phone.
0: Mm, that's dumb.
1: <laughs> you can tell Zuckerberg.
0: Anyways, all right. So, what's going on this in your This is practice?
1: literally how we talk to each other, guys, just so you know.
0: So somebody just commented. What's up, Josh? Um, how are you seeing that? Because it's going there. Can you turn that volume off? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> Sorry, stop going between your screen. Let's. screen.
1: Well, I want to make sure that I answer anyone's questions. Okay, can you type in the comments below what you're drinking? Because we're actually, this, this is a happy hour. A virtual...
0: You can't see anything.
1: Yeah. Ah, okay, you can hear me. Okay. Um, no judgment, screen time limits don't exist. Absolutely. Um, yeah, being a... Being a homeschooling parent makes me really appreciate the education system so much more.
0: Sorry, when did you homeschool your kids?
1: I'm sorry, you're out of the you're out of the house. Like, even when you can come home early, you don't come home. So this is this is how, this is how we talk, guys. Um, can you get me a napkin, please?
0: Sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are mentally right now? Uh,
1: mentally. Besides distracted. Besides distracted. I am mopping up spillage. No, I, I, I just wanted to talk to you guys because, one, I always said that I would talk to you more about my whole startup process when I had more time. And now it looks like we have a lot of time on our hands. And I think that... Um, I think it's interesting because just a few weeks just a few weeks before um, before this whole shutdown started, I actually preemptively canceled all of my c e courses because I thought that I was gone from my family too much, and I had uh, if you listen to the latest podcast, um, well, I just had a lot on my plate and I felt like a horrible mom, which um, I think it's for the women out there who are moms. I think I think it's it's already hard enough to to juggle being a mom and then opening a startup. Um, but I was I was just feeling really really guilty about leaving so often because um, because I had booked so many courses back to back. So, anyways, I. Like knee-jerk reaction, I had canceled everything. I canceled everything except for two, and the, they were the ones at the Koi Center. And um, and my whole my whole thing was I was going to be more present in my in my home. And um, I canceled courses and flights that were non-refundable, and and then two weeks or three weeks later. COVID-19 hits and I don't know like it's it's crazy I think the first few weeks it was it was a shock like it felt almost like a dream like okay well our office is shut down it's probably going to reopen in like a week or two weeks Um, and then reality started to sink in that hey we could be shut down for months Um, is that how you felt?
0: I spent way too much time on Twitter in the early days. Um, I'm not a Twitter person, but the information spread, especially through the medical community uh, on Twitter early, was dramatic. It was fast. um, And honestly, it was really scary to kind of see the reactions that people were having from a medical perspective. And so I think I actually thought that it was going to be this bad, if I mean, I thought it was going to be worse, I'm glad that things have flattened right flattening the curve is the uh is the is the new it phrase um but so i mean I think once we once you started talking about you were going to close and you know how this was going to happen, and I think I went pretty quickly into saying this is going to be a fairly long term kind of solution um and I know that most people were hopeful that that wasn't going to be the case and and I think unfortunately we're now you know five or six weeks into this, and you know for some of the world it's starting to feel like the lights at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know our practice we have a plan that hopefully over the next couple of weeks we're going to start slowly um, re increasing or kind of turning around a lot of the, the work that we had done to to go for, uh, to completely telemedicine. Um, but obviously you know I'm a pain management physician for people who don't know. So my patients when I see them. Uh, for procedures are face down on a table, and I'm working on their low backs most of the time. Um, very different from being in somebody's oral cavity when you're talking about a upper respiratory tract virus. And so I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how some of the education comes out about what about this virus and about transmittability and and how you guys can resume practicing again.
1: Um, it- I was telling Judy today. I went in for um, some training with Judy. Meaning, uh, Judy actually trained me. <laughs> ah, that's another story. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I don't know if you guys have gone in for a few emergencies. We have um, we have very limited resources at our disposal right now. We have one N ninety five mask for myself and for my uh my two assistants we have face shields and I currently don't have a face shield that fits over my loops and light so I'm actually wearing my face shield upside down so that my, my light doesn't hit the the shield and um and in a nutshell like we're double masking so I have a level three on top of my N95 and um I cannot breathe. Like, it it is, um, it, it, you feel like you're Darth Vader, um, (laughs) you feel like you're Darth Vader, do you guys feel me on this, like, have you worn the N95 mask, anyways, like, I was, I, um, I told Judy today that if this is the new standard for, for dentistry, I think I am going to retire early, like, I... Um, I've been getting migraines every day that we have gone in for, it, uh, for an emergency. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's it's scary. It's it really is. And and we were we were walking through like just how our office is going to look like once we do reopen. Like um, Judy and I started bullet pointing. Um, Like, just the breakdown of patient flow from, like, they're going to wait in their cars. Like, this is, I mean, this is not just now. This is, like, forever. Um, They're going to wait in their cars until we text them that we are going to be able to bring them back directly to the room. Um, And do we put up plexiglass where where Allison, my, my front office, where she currently sits, I don't have a door that separates my front office from the back. Like, do we put up walls? Um, and we're a very, we're a very social practice. Like we hug everybody. So it's, it's just, I think it's just going to be so strange, like moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think the way that all practices are going to be set up is going to be so different. I know, you know, similar to what you were talking about, we've transitioned to patients check in um, and then they go wait in their car. And so there's nobody in the waiting room, you know, and then you bring them out. And I mean, I think it's effective for, I mean, so our practice, um, the office that I work out of, we have seven uh, clinicians that work there. Um, you know, on average, people see somewhere between 18 and 20 patients a day. So you can do the math. It's, you know, 100 2,550 patients um it's one thing when we're doing mostly telemedicine and you're doing that for a handful of patients but when you actually start thinking about volume and you have having to call people people from their cars and they come in to check in and and then wait and you're bringing them in and you're trying to coordinate all of that um but i think it's the new normal and 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 honestly i think patients are not only going to be okay with it but they're going to kind of expect it
1: yeah yeah, it's, and then even the extra oral suction units, um, air purifiers, uh, a disposable gown in between every single patient. And uh, we are a very heavy PPO practice, like I'm sure the majority of you, because when you're starting out, like we're basically trying to take whatever patient we can get, unless. Um, unless you guys are amazing like Sonia and Tyler and just decide to open a fee-for-service practice. Um, But just scheduling-wise, I had worked on block scheduling a couple weeks back, and I had spent a long time doing that. And realistically, I talked about this with Judy today, realistically, I can't just double and triple book and and think that everything is going to flow. Um, You're going to need a lot more time in between patients. I know myself that I'm going to need a lot more time prepping the teeth because I can't breathe in the mask. It's very like, I get so lightheaded. And I think it's, it may be because obviously your loops are If they're not sitting, I'm Filipino, I hardly have a nose. So there's like no bridge there for the loops to sit already. So so I have two masks on, so it's basically lifting up my loops. So now when I look in, I am now seeing double vision, which I think is why I'm getting headaches. Um, And I think I'm just allergic to work. I really do. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm waiting for you guys to ask me questions uh, about my startup if you guys want. Um, anything. Anything, really. We are an open book. Oh, we have so many of you joining. So, you guys, if you didn't already tell me what you're drinking, can you put it in the comment section? I really want to know.
0: So I have a question. So we just passed, and, you know, it's funny, I... Two months ago, we started looking at dates and we were trying to talk, figure out how we were going to um, market and do different things for Smile & Co. Um, and so on my calendar, during in the middle of this pandemic, we passed the three-year anniversary of your first video. Um, and I think I even tried to make you watch it and do something about it, um, uh, even though we were all kind of watching the skyfall. Um, but it was, Three years ago that you at least announced and kind of started the process of going, when do you officially stop considering yourself a startup?
1: I th- I think that's a good point. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think officially you're not a startup anymore after your first year of...
0: Because you, you keep saying startup. And that's why I was wondering, I came to mind in this.
1: Yeah, no, maybe it's a what do I call it now, a baby? Your, your
0: practice. It's
1: just my baby. It's just my start. See, I can't, I can't not say startup. It's, it's
0: not really a startup anymore, right? I mean, we launched three years ago. You opened the door two and a half years ago. Um, you know, I know that you like to tell the the hard parts of the story, but you've done a pretty darn good job, and had a really successful uh, second year, and the third year was going great. Until you can't practice dentistry anymore.
1: Oh, we're getting questions. Ah, <laughs> yay. Okay.
0: She prefers that to me yes, asking her questions. I don't, so I thanks don't, really, for here, I don't really
1: talk to my husband, guys.
0: How about I'll, I'll ask them so that it actually oh, sounds okay. like a dialogue. Like, oh, what okay. do you think?
1: Yeah. Let's go back. So Ah, uh, Sumera says it's still a startup. Thank you, Sumera. You're too kind. You're too kind. Okay, what so you, what are you doing we here? Oh go down. How do you go in order?
0: It will always be a startup. Yes. I mean at some yes and no, right? You did do you did do a startup, but at some point it's no longer a startup practice. Um so I don't know. Okay, do you think the transition to fee for service, given the current market, especially with so many losing jobs and thus their dental insurance, or do you think you will transition to fee for service? So we had been having this conversation probably for the past six to nine months.
1: Such a good question
0: about you know the transition and and thinking about fee for service as an option. Um, what do you think about that now?
1: Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, one for one, I not that I don't think it's possible. I I think every demographic is going to be a little bit different. I think. Um, I think California is, I have so many, pa- so many doctors just on my block, and um, I don't know, I, I think, and also not to mention that I think that a PPO model, when done eff- efficiently, can be a very profitable model, I, I mean, T-Bone talks about that all the time, but two, I was talking to George. Shout out to George Hariri. He just celebrated a birthday yesterday. Happy, happy belated birthday, George.
0: Happy birthday, George.
1: Um, this one's for you, buddy. Um, I, he, he was saying how when you transition to fee-for-service, you have a lot more patients who are going to expect to see you. And I am... I'm a, I actually... I'm transitioning out of dentistry to become a blogger.
0: Says the person who's written three things in the past no. three months. No,
1: no, I love, don't get me wrong, I love, love, I love doing dentistry, but I only want to do dentistry for two days a week, maybe like four hours a day. <laughs> I I don't want to, I, I'm not one of those people who loves dentistry, like, if I am still practicing when I'm 75, like many of the doctors in my city, I think, I don't know, that would be, that's, just, that's not going to happen. Like, I, I am looking, I'm already looking for my replacement. I've been looking for my replacement. And when you, I feel like when you transition to fee-for-service, you have already set the bar you are um, attracting a very particular particular clientele who will then be expecting to see you. And I don't want that. Like, I want to have a very bread-and-butter type practice for um, that, like, I'd love to have um, specialists, um, but I want to taper down myself. Like, I want to only do the things that I love, which are... Like the cosmetic cases, uh, I don't want to do. I don't even want to do implants. Like I, I'm not really big on, like surgery or endo. Like I refer so much out. Like I'm a specialist best friend. So I, no, I, no, I want to really
0: a specialist. Yeah, ones.
1: like I, I want to cherry pick what I do because at the end of the day, I have three kids. I have other interests. I want to. Um, drink wine I want to drink wine okay so my real thing like I really want to open a wine bar and
0: by the way the worst business idea in the, the worst world. business you guys all think world. that the margins are terrible for dentistry could you imagine a wine bar ah it's awful yeah it is the worst idea in the world yeah sorry that's side note side note
1: um, did I even answer the question oh no, yeah so so oh, so in service. a nutshell if we do ever transition to fee for service, it's not going to be for a long time. Like I think that a lot of patients are, um, like finances are, are going to be hard for a lot of people. I mean, think about the unemployment rate right now. How what's the what's the percentage of unemployment? Sixteen percent. Sixteen percent. Probably twenty by next week. Yeah, and we had we had quite a few smile designs that we had in the pipeline that um, hopefully we'll still pull through, but if not, I'm not holding my breath. I think that we're going to be tackling a lot of bread and butter dentistry, which is ultimately what pays the bills. So, um, so PPO, uh, is our, is our model. I have a team of, well, 11, including myself. I had just hired three people, like, (laughs) Three weeks before my office shut down. So um, it's crazy.
0: So one of the next questions that kind of goes off of what we were just talking about was asking about an in-office plan. Um, do you have an in-office plan? We do. Plan? Have you ever talked about your in-office plan to somebody that was not a member of me?
1: No. We have <laughs> We have not. So it's, it's so funny when I get... Um, I get people talking to me about like how good my marketing is because we don't actually market. Like I Never, don't.
0: Never, ever once marketed. She's awful. And I'm really bad. And I'm... People think that she's good at marketing. She's not. No. She's terrible. She's terrible. Absolutely. Terrible. He's
1: so good at, at picking <laughs> me up, guys. Like he
0: to like okay, me okay. all the time. Terrible at marketing. She did build a phenomenal brand and that brand brought loyalty. That loyalty brought fans that were raving. Um, and, and Smile & Co. was created because of the brand, not because of the marketing. So you did. You are a brand builder, but you're not a marketer. You're absolutely atrocious at marketing. Yeah. But you're phenomenal I, at building brand.
1: I think, I think we, we have a very specific brand, especially in a very saturated area. And I think that's because um, I saw Haral. You um, you had asked if like we get a lot of people f- who find us from insurances or other other avenues. I would say uh, at this um, at this point in time, we have a majority of our patients getting referred by our existing patients, which has been amazing. And we have uh, like we've. We have a lot of Google reviews. Shout out to Swell. And yes, I don't. Uh, no, I don't get sponsored by Swell. Um, and that, like, that makes us. Um, I don't know. Stand out, I guess. Um, what else? Where else are we getting our patients? And we get a handful from patient, from from insurances. But for, I, I feel like when patients first come in, they already have an expectation of how the office is going to be and what it's going to be like. Um, yeah. And then Haral, you also have a question that says, how is your practice super successful even though you refer a lot of special procedure, specialty procedures out? Because I really hate endo also. We have, so I, I work with an EF2, um, expanded functions, so because we take a lot of PPOs, uh, it's my way of basically cloning myself. I don't, I don't do, I, I do as little as possible in my office, and um, Judy and Allison and Brian can attest to that. I I don't even like, I hate anesthetizing. I will go out of my way to get somebody else to anesthetize. Um, but when I work with an EF2, we have so I have an EF2, I have an RDA, um, I have a DA, I have a surgical tech, or yeah, sur- no, sorry, sterilization tech, and I have three hygienists. Um, so it's a very busy practice. And I think when you are working with PPOs, you need to be able to see more volume. Um, so we, we're still tweaking out our block scheduling to make it so that I'm hitting a certain production per day. Um, but I also have amazing hygienists who will tee up a lot of, of treatment for me. Um, and I have a lot of technology and when you have a lot of technology and you have, um, you have, you, you don't have to sell a lot. Like, you, you, you take a photo. I love photography. And if you watch our, our stories, you know that I have a full-on, like, photo studio. I got softboxes. And um, moving forward, I think what we're going to do is, is we're going to make sure that we are taking photos like nobody's business. I think um, yeah
0: All right. so I, I think this kind of transitions well because you were just talking about your team and what everyone's doing. We've had a couple of questions on uh, the team so okay. um, I think we'll start with this one because I think it's probably the easier of the questions. Uh, you know how soon did you hire your first hygienist after you started um, so go, we'll go ahead and take that one because that's a fairly straightforward
1: I opened in September of 2017. I hired my hygienist. Are you stealing my pliny? No,
0: I'm moving it away. Okay. We're also recording for our oh, podcast. Sorry. You keep putting it right in front of the microphone.
1: God. He yells at me so much, guys. Um, <laughs> I hired a hygienist uh, uh, in October. So, September we opened, October I had a hygienist. Who was working one day a week on Fridays, and that was for a few months, because um, I knew that. Well, one, we had a had a good ramp up period. I don't. Um, I I didn't work as an associate when I opened my practice, so it was all of my time was spent marketing this practice, and um, Brandon branding, sorry, not marketing, branding, telling my story, just talking about who I was. Um, so I was talking, I was just, I was just like, I would go meet with my designer and I would talk on video about what we were doing and how I planned on designing the space. And I would get everyone's opinions on what kind of tile they they want to see in the office. Like I wanted it to be a story because this was the making of my my dreams. Um,
0: shout out to uh, anybody who has actually watched the videos from the beginning.
1: Don't watch it. It's like, I if, can't even.
0: It, if you haven't watched or at least listened to the podcast from the beginning, um, where, she actually did a really good, her and Michael, uh, Michael said he was going to be on here, but he's he's not. But sc- screw you, Michael. I mean, shout out, Michael. Um,
1: <laughs> he's doing ground marketing right now, I'm sure.
0: Um, um, but Um, they did a really good job of actually going on a week, every other week by week basis, kind of going through the steps and going through the process. And I think the story was very, very well laid out. Um, I mean, you guys really did a fantastic job of kind of telling the entire story of your thoughts, your process, the idea of why you were building the, the practice. And that's why I always said that it was really brand building. You were telling the story of Smile & Co. You never actually have... You know, people have brought up the idea of uh, branding versus marketing. You never actually were very good at creating an ad. You never had a click funnel. You never had, you know, an email list. You never did marketing (sighs) tactics.
1: So I actually do have an email list. You
0: started an email list three years ago. I
1: started an email list, guys. No, true story. Um, I had like a whole click funnel and... It was to drive patients to sign up before our doors opened. And Michael yells at me all the time, and he yells at me too, because I have like 300 names, like 300 email addresses on that list that I have never even used um, because I'm lazy.
0: Because she's not a marketer. I'm
1: not a, mar- <laughs> <Not laughs> a marketer. That, that,
0: the, there, there's your difference. I know branding is, branding is a part of marketing. They're, they are actually two different skills. So branding is creating something. Branding is you could put a, a swoosh on something and somebody wants to buy it. Marketing is actually creating something that makes somebody interested, like somebody that somebody wants to buy now, right? Like that's you know the, the click funnel, the commercial, you know a you know a, a call to action. She's never done a call to action. No. Um, anyways, I... sorry, we got di- we got diverted. We were talking about your team. Um,
1: my team. <laughs> oh well. Uh... What about my team specifically? Well, so they
0: started with a hygienist. So the hygienist, first month. First month. And then uh, one of the other questions was, how do you train people to be able to be the team members that you want them to be? Um, And in in a case where sometimes maybe you don't exactly know what 100% of their job is.
1: Right. Um, And the answer to that is, you freaking learn as you go, guys. Like this is, I have gone through... Like you really need to listen to the like the the podcast if, if you don't already know, HR is a bitch. Like, sorry, you can bleep that out. I've been drinking. Pliny is very high in alcohol. Just spilled um, beer I just on spilled my phone. on your. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is only one drink. I'm such a lightweight. Um, I'm turning red. Um, HR guys, like I used to think. This is how naive I was. I used to think that everybody who I was going to hire was going to retire with me. Like, I even, I was like, HR is hard for everyone but me. How freaking naive is that? Like, all the things that you think that you're going to be better than your, um, your if you're an associate, like, I remember my days as an associate because I associated for a long time. I would literally write down all the things that I was going to do better and check off all these boxes and I was going to make life first out of my team, yada, yada, yada. You know what? You don't know what you don't know until you open a practice. And if you think that it's all rainbows and butterflies from day one and you're never going to hit get hit with a lawsuit, or you're never going to have to fire someone, I have news for you, it's not possible. Like you're you're going to, your skin is going to evolve. You're gonna develop a thickness like you've never, like it's, I, I have changed so much throughout this process. Like I used to think like, oh, I just wanna be friends. Friends, friends, friends with everybody. I I think there's a difference between being friends and being friendly. I think that you can show your team that you are all for them. But I also also know from experience that there still has to be boundaries. Like everything, because ultimately, especially as a younger female, Younger, <laughs> this this when, when you this started pandemic this whole, you has uh, aged me significantly. Or this whole process has aged, like will age you f- really fast. Um, I think that being a female leading other females, especially if if you don't do a startup, maybe if you take over, if you transition into. An established practice where those team members have been with that doc for a long time, and now you're this young gun trying to make all these changes. I think you're always going to have, you're always you're there. There's going to be a lot of learning throughout this process. Um,
0: so how do you work with them and work with all of that background to be able to get the team to function better, to do better, to become this team that. I mean, yeah. honestly, your team right now is my team's amazing. light years different from the team so that different. we started two and a half years ago.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to... Well, for one, once you realize that you're going to kiss a lot of frogs until you find the team members and... Um,
0: oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about me.
1: Well, yeah, him too. Um, until you find your dream team, I think we also, we did something um, where... I set up a weekly team meeting. A week we call it a weekly growth meeting where every Monday that first hour of the day was just talking, like getting to know each other. And we call um we call it a high and low. So we went at, around the room and we basically said like this was my high this week, this was my low this week, and if um like he's experienced one of those meetings where it was at my house um like i i used to tell him all the time like that is probably my favorite hour of the week um because it's it's how you really get to know your team and um and that's like i feel like it it didn't take long for everyone to start trusting each other and um everyone who is on my team now was actually referred By someone who is already who was already on the team, so um, and yes, Sarah, I am actually a high eye on the disc, not just an eye, a high eye. Like I don't even like score in the other areas. Um,
0: Side note: We started to use a um, a personality assessment for our my practice uh, that's kind of like the disc, but um, it, it has a much higher consistency rating um, so the disc is in the 60s uh, the one that we started using is actually um, over 90 I think 98% 96 or something like that anyways it's high enough that you can actually use it for hiring um, and when Ashley says that she's not even on the chart she literally wasn't on the chart for any of the ratings <laughs> on this plan <laughs> there's so four extra. ratings she's two standard deviations away from the mean for all four things it doesn't even make sense like the guy looked at that and was like how do you guys be both own practices. It doesn't yeah, even make any right sense. Yeah. yeah. We drink a lot.
1: We drink a lot of alcohol, and hence my, my goal of owning a wine bar. So if dentistry <laughs> falls through, mark my words. Um, side note also, literally just a few weeks before, before this whole shutdown happened, my My front office, who's also my assistant, who's also my creative um, director in my office, Allison, she's in this group, She was working on planning our first ever startup retreat in Napa, and it was supposed to be this September. And she was um, we were working on it with Dr. Chris Phelps, who's also in this group. We were researching all the different wineries that we were going to visit and where we were going to stay and where we were going to eat and that it just it breaks my heart like seeing all the things that um has to get pushed back but it's still going to happen. Um you guys are all going to come to Napa if you want um you stay in my house. You guys you see our house like
0: it's not very good social distance. It's
1: not it's not well well, so once there's, there's going to be a vaccine. Once there's a vaccine. Yeah.
0: So 18 months to take get a vaccine. Uh, if anybody tells you less, they're lying to you because yeah. that's science. Um, but maybe you can be like everybody else and just do virtual conferences. And you can create a virtual, virtual. making of conference.
1: Yeah.
0: That <laughs> was like the most eye-rolled no, statement that no. I've ever heard like,
1: you do. I, if, if you know anything about me, like if we've met in real life, like I think that... Um, I love going to courses so much. Not not necessarily for the courses, <laughs> but for what happens after the courses. Like I, like I, I just want to, I just want to get to know everybody. I I want to have dinners and and we had a dinner hosted by the amazing Studio Eighty Eight. We had a dinner at Voices of Dentistry, and it was three hours, and it literally felt like a blink. Like I didn't even get to talk to anybody who wasn't sitting next to me. And I think that especially during this process of, of doing a startup, you were going, I mean, like, it's like a fraternity. Like, this is, I, you just feel so connected to somebody else who has gone through this because you guys are creating something from nothing. Like, how amazing is that? Like, it's, yeah, so...
0: Did you ever actually answer the question on how you train your team? Oh. <laughs> so, so so you talked about how oh, we, yeah. you, you build, oh, yeah. you so build we, relationships. We
1: build relationships. We have weekly on, meetings.
0: Can I can – I, I want to ask a question. Okay. So if you, you've, you've talked about wanting to be friendly but maybe not friends. And then you talked about this building relationships thing. How do you walk that fine line of, you know, being friendly but not overtly friends where, you know – they have the opportunity to, you know, I don't know, truly manipulate or something along those lines or take advantage of the friendship, um, but still be able to create those relationships strong enough and deep enough uh, to feel that connection.
1: I think starting off, like, with... um, I think expectations have have to be expressed. I think it has to be expressed verbally and I think it has to be expressed like written down. I think um I listened to a podcast and and the guy said to be unclear is to be unkind. Um and I think when like my whole thing was I would never I would bite my tongue like for the first year and a half. I bit my tongue on so many occasions because I didn't want to rock the boat. Even though I, I knew that this needed to be said, I wasn't in it, I wasn't at that mindset yet. Like, I still wanted, like, we were, we were still a brand new office. We were very fun, very social, and... Not just fun, very fun. No, I mean, very fun. Have you met us? Like, we're so fun. Um, But it, lines were, were never drawn in the sand. Like, it, it was always let's be friends um, and now now I have I have a team who just can have fun, but if I say something, they do it and and they hold themselves accountable and they hold each other accountable, which is something that I myself am am really bad at like i and Brian is now live on Instagram now too so um but i i think it really is is it's going to be being able to have difficult conversations and that's i mean i'm i'm never going to be able to i i'm not going to say that i'm good at that yet i think it's still rough like i um who likes having difficult conversations nobody nobody does and there's always going to be tears um, mostly from me, because you guys know I cry a lot. Um, but.
0: <laughs> What's Michael's thing? Crying gets the downloads?
1: Tears gets the downloads. Tears
0: gets the um, downloads.
1: But yeah, do you guys have any other questions? Yeah, like-
0: so there's a, there's a couple in here. Um, so one of the questions is, do you have a plan to own multiple practices?
1: Um, do I have a plan... Like, I can't even find an associate.
0: <laughs> I guess, do, do you have a plan at all?
1: I, you know, I would love to have one other practice, maybe, per state. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I don't. I honestly, I, uh, now that I used to think that I wanted so many offices because I think there's a very big allure to having multiple practices um, but now that I am in one and I know how much sleep I've lost over this one and um, it's, I'm, I think I'm good. Like I, I wanna have the most amazing one office location I think, yeah, yeah.
0: I like when you're able to. I like when you're able to actually say what you want.
1: But you know what? It changes every five minutes. So
0: every five minutes. Every
1: five minutes. So take that with a grain of salt.
0: All right. So um, so we're getting back to some of your content that you've done growing up, um, or growing up. Your as your practice has grown. Have you scheduled content creation? Uh, Is it always spontaneous? Do you ever think about any of it ahead of time?
1: Um, no. (laughs) Next. (laughs) I don't do anything that is, um, organized or, like, pre-planned. Like, I I would, um... I know there are a lot of apps out there that will schedule your posts out, but that's like so much work. Like going back to what I said in the beginning, I try to do as little as possible. Um, <laughs> that's the truth. That is the truth. I, I, um, yeah. <laughs> what you see is what you get, and this is how I am in my office. Like. If you have an idea, I am gonna t- I'm gonna t- tell you like, okay, now run with it like you do it if it doesn't have to involve me then i'm I am all for it because my whole thing is I hire up like I hire intelligent, amazing people who are much more organized, much more detail oriented to my eye profile and if if you know the eye profile. I, it's amazing that I can even be on this webinar or not webinar on this live for 55 minutes. Um, like my mind is already thinking about the next thing. So, um, yeah, no, it's nothing is scheduled. I, I will, if, if I feel in the mood to, to make a video, I'll just record it and then I'll figure out what I'm going to talk about while I'm actually talking.
0: Have you ever been in the mood to record a video?
1: Never. Not once.
0: How do you record videos?
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: When do you decide that you're actually going to do something?
1: Oh, when my husband tells me that I haven't shown up in my community for a long time. So he's the reason why we're doing a happy hour right now. He's like, you know what, you have some time. Like why don't you show up in your group? Like, you really should. And it was funny because, like, a few months ago, there was a whole thread that was being posted about... I forget even what the topic was. And someone was like, oh, who's Ashley? And then the other person below was, like, uh, the person who started this group. I'm like, hi, yeah, I haven't shown up. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I I keep saying I'm going to show up. Um, and that's why... Like I, I really want you to know that I I'm an open book, and I want my hair is like messed up. Um. I I won't talk about numbers, and that's my whole thing. Like I I'm an open book in terms of the process, but the reason why I don't want you to know numbers is because I think that when you are focused on the number, you think that you have to achieve that level. Um. And then you feel bad if if you don't like i I never want I never want to portray that we're doing amazing things and make anybody feel bad like this sucks like it sucks some days it i mean it and whether or not you're starting out or you're two years in or three years in like there are so many posts in this um in this group that it, they'll get sent to me anonymously because of embarrassment. Like, hey, like, can you post this? I I am embarrassed that my numbers, my new patient numbers, aren't 100 new patients a month. Well, guess what? My new patients have never been 100 new patients a month. Nor do I want 100 new patients a month. Gosh, we spend, like, t- our new patient flow, we're, like, at two and a half hours for one new patient on a PPO schedule. Do you know how not profitable that is? You think, you think that that is not profitable. But when when that patient comes in, I found that on the days where I am the, the slowest in production, when I have holes in my schedule, those are actually the days that I can talk about smile designs and talk about implant dentistry and talk about the things that the patient actually wants, like the emotional dentistry. Um, so that was a big tangent.
0: It's good.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so if you had to narrow it to one thing, what's the most valuable thing in your journey?
1: Where are you going live from? Is that?
0: That's Instagram.
1: I know, but is it the making of?
0: No, it's actually Office DDS. Yeah. So, if you had to narrow it to one thing, what's the most valuable thing in your journey? I'll
1: let you answer that.
0: What's the most valuable thing in my journey?
1: No, what do you think is the most valuable thing?
0: Why are you making me answer questions? I'm asking the questions.
1: Um, because Brian has better answers than... Um, Sorry, I'm getting, like, emergency messages from patients as we, uh, as we speak.
0: What's the mo- so what do I think is the most valuable thing of your journey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't answer that. I don't know.
1: Um,
0: okay, let's step back. So if you are going to be starting, if you know what you know now, but your practice was going to be opening this summer what would you be doing differently or what would you be preparing for knowing what you know now but your practice is opening th- not you know coming up this summer in in now a post covid world um what would you what would you be thinking what would you be doing differently
1: honestly i think um, i think the startup docs have a huge advantage guys like i i hate to s- I hate to say this, but I think that a lot of older practices are not going to survive this pandemic i re- I really don't i think um, I think that the doctors who were already thinking about retiring in the next x amount of years, I think that this has pushed them over like i um Cause that's what I, that's what would happen to me like if they start implementing all the different things for um for how we practice i can barely breathe in an n95 i can't imagine someone in their 60s who has you know heart disease or already has respiratory issues i can't imagine practicing in that environment i think what i would do coming up I would be as freaking high tech as possible. I would go ballistic, I would go like balls to the wall with my sterilization. I would talk about my technology. I would make everything as um, just futuristic. Like that's what I would do. Um, and when you talk about like your process, you you document that whole thing like hey this is how we are designing our brand new state of the art office because we never want um we 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 don't want your your health to be an issue at all when you're in our doors like i would freaking run with that like everything high tech digital and i would talk about the sterilization techniques as much as possible and I think that when you are opening, um, you're going to see that a lot of these practices are not going to reopen. You're going to be able to hire the creme de la creme of office managers and assistants and hygienists of those practices who don't recover. And, and you're gonna start off like with a leg up, honestly. Like, I think that this is the best time to be doing a startup. If I were in the design in the in the construction phase right now, I would be taking notes galore and and when everything is lumped into your loan like man like you can go sky's the limit with your with your tech you really can um So I think you guys are in an amazing place right now. And you should be shouting to the rooftop, from the rooftops, how awesome your brand new, state-of-the-art office is going to be.
0: So two follow-ups. One, would you have a waiting room in, the, in this new futuristic office? Knowing what we just talked about earlier yeah. about people not waiting in a waiting room. Yeah.
1: I would make that as small as possible. Yeah. I I don't think um I don't think it's necessary anymore like I I I think that gone are the days where we're just going to be all in the same room for extended periods of time. I don't know what movie theaters are going to be like. I don't know. It could be it could be wrong. Like maybe this vaccine is going to change the game and and hopefully life as we know it will resume, but if not you know spend that extra square footage on a bigger sterilization area maybe who knows
0: so, so along the same lines would you have a coffee station if you, so you you, yeah, don't, we were just you, don't, talking you don't you don't about have that. a coffee station yeah
1: right? yeah no we um yeah it's so hard like we we were already serving like we don't have a Keurig station because our whole thing was Um, you're, you're our guest, so we don't want you to lift a finger when you're in our office. So we serve espressos and cappuccinos. Um, we're still going to offer it, but we all, we're, instead of having like really nice glasses, we have the disposable cups. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: What about blankets? What are patients called?
1: I think everything has to be disposable. Like, we were doing warm towels that um, get, you know, reused. Um,
0: I'm really happy about that part.
1: Yeah, like...
0: I washed the towels. Oh, that's not done. No, like
1: that. no. It's like,
0: oh. yeah. I washed yeah. towels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note...
1: On that note. Um, um, we have three boys who need to be fed um, before their bedtime, so um yeah
0: uh, possibly a repeat at some point in the possibly future
1: possibly a repeat repeat if you guys want to know more about my office or just what we're doing um yeah i like i said we have a podcast we recorded for two and a half years like three, three years, three years huh? we recorded for three years um
0: we recorded four podcasts, and they were terrible. We recorded in a car on all of we them. We called it
1: Carversations.
0: Get she it? came up with that. Which is why I say she's really terrible at marketing. <laughs> um, but I think that's I th- pretty I th- good. I, th- I think the content was interesting. The recording quality was terrible because we were driving in a car yeah. between Sacramento and San yeah. Francisco. Um, but... Hopefully this sounds better But there is a podcast There's a lot of great information um, Obviously you can go and see What Ashley did from the beginning um, Of the Smiling Coast journey I know she doesn't like that um, The
1: podcast is called The Making Of And then The Making Of
0: <laughs> We do technically have a YouTube page Which I found accidentally No we don't like, But there's only like Five or six video. videos
1: Like You guys oh, know what I Oh what up Mike my... Oh Michael's here Bring that back on the
0: podcast <laughs> Dude, Michael, I tagged you on Instagram. I was trying to bring you into the Instagram feed, but you're not here. So next time, um,
1: yeah. So if you, if you guys um, if you guys want us to come back, I I would love to do more happy hours. Um, yeah, because we like to drink. We love to drink. And I mean, what I need else a, is there gonna? I need a bigger oh, can I'm next hosting. Time. So I am hosting from our practice. Um, we're hosting a virtual happy, uh, no, a virtual wine tasting on Thursday. If you guys want to join, I posted the different wines that we are tasting. And it's going to be led by my friend who's a sommelier. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Sommelier. Sommelier. Um, yeah. So um, join and hang out with us um it was so fun seeing you guys well not really seeing you thanks for for commenting and um we will we'll get through this
0: yeah with
1: more alcohol
0: yeah 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 all
1: right guys have a good night